Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and our series look back of Ahsoka Season 1. We have a number of special guests this week, including uh, our well, co-host uh, Blake and Bryce, as well as our good friend Darian. So we are very much looking forward to diving in and just talking about uh, retrospective of Ahsoka Season 1 and uh, things that we like, things that may have been missed opportunities. And we're going to hear a quick word from Kyle and Dan as well. I believe they're sending in some uh, uh, some uh, kind of retroactive, here's my two cents kind of thing as they were not able to make it, but, uh, but we'll see. So without further ado, let's get into it. Sir, hello there. Hello there. Hello, hello there. there. <laughs> hello there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hello there. And uh, with us is our good friend Darian. Welcome, Darian. Hey, good to be here. Good to have you back. You got the line wrong. <laughs> What's my line? <laughs> no, you, Darian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Too many Obi-Wans in one room. <laughs> you got to diversify. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so, uh, Darren, we haven't had you on since uh, since the Ahsoka after shows sort of started. And uh, I'm having a, I've been I don't think out. we've had Bryce on. Man, no, we I'm, haven't. I've been gone for as long as Ezra has been oh, gone. Man. Like, <laughs> I, I missed you guys. <laughs> Lovely galaxy. Being back. Yeah. You guys, you guys rode in on the same pergol or what? Yeah, I mean, you guys traveled across the galaxy to come find me, right? <laughs> we needed to know what your thoughts were on Ahsoka that yeah. badly. <laughs> I was actually riding a scooter. No wonder it took you so long. <laughs> nice. One of those, uh, one of those, one of those Vespas. Yeah, not quite as fast as Pergol. Yeah. Yeah. How many spinning tricks can you do yeah, on that? Yeah, fast enough. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> He's got his little Anakin yeah. Skywalker helmet on. His hair is flying through the... <laughs> nice, nice. <I'm> surpri <laughs> surprised he's able to buy one from those modders. <laughs> got those clinched. <laughs> he built it himself. Oh, yeah, Bryce, what do you, th you think overall of the show? Looking back, you know, what, what's, your, what's your take? I like, mean, it had, like, for me, it, it had its ups and downs, but I was always excited to watch it every night. Like every, every week, right? Um, I thought, uh, the stuff that stuck out for me was, um, their, the lightsaber fights had a lot more weight to them. And it, I feel like they did a really great job at making lightsabers feel dangerous again. Um, like it, it, the way that they 
paced around each other during the duels. Um, it really made it opposed to say the sequel movies. Um, I guess opposed to recent, maybe lightsaber fights where it feels like they're just trying to fight to make them look cool. Right. Right. Um, this, it almost looked like kind of like kendo style samurai fight where it felt mm-hmm. like you, they did not want to get hit by a lightsaber because you mm-hmm. get cut in half and it's scary to have a sword fight, right? People always forget that. It yeah. is absolutely terrifying to like swing a blade at another human being. And I kind of felt that during the fights, especially with, um, with, uh, Balin and, and Ahsoka in the, uh, in the kind of Stonehenge, mm-hmm. uh, fight and also Sabine, um, in the forest. So I thought they did a, a great job at like kind of adding weight and making lightsabers dangerous, which yeah, which was really cool. Yeah, nice. That's a good point. Yeah, um, so dangerous that she even got stabbed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can joke about that, right? Like that's kind of like it's like oh, thank gosh she has a really steady hand, or she had a really steady hand because like, like shiving it in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Throughout the series, like that last fight with the zombies i feel like the choreography kind of dropped a little mm-hmm. in that last episode mm-hmm. um but I, but i think they did some cool things uh especially like the tension you know like when they're pacing around each other and like yeah. waiting for the first person to strike you know very it, samurai yeah it reminds you of that that uh what is that is it the episode of rebels when obi-wan, obi-wan and yeah and maul that's yeah. right um and and I think it ties in pretty well with kind of why, I mean, some people, of course, really dislike this, but the lightsaber fights from the original trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. Based on like long sword fighting and and samurai fights, you know, it's back to kind of the basics. Yeah. So I feel like it's a good homage to that. Right. Yeah. Um, Darian, what's your take on this whole show? Like, you know, having not seen Rebels, having kind of just going straight into this from... Uh, what a lot of other people are referring to as like the Mandoverse, um, you know, what, what's, what's like, what's your take? Yeah. So in my opinion, the show did start off a little slow, I think because they had to, for people like myself that didn't watch rebels, they had to explain who everyone was and that kind of thing. So it started off slow, but then it did pick up and I also didn't really enjoyed. I think it got better and better. I will say, I think they left a lot for the final two episodes. Like, I would have liked to see that get stretched mm-hmm. out a bit. Yeah. A- action-wise? also, yeah, action-wise and just, like, mm. the climax and stuff felt like it was just over the two episodes. And I felt like they left too much for for not having greenlit, like, a season two or a movie, that kind of thing. There's a lot to be answered still. Like, I felt, I wish I would have known where Thrawn was heading, that kind of thing. Like, is he on the next planet, like, with the the mothers or whatever like where is he Mm -hmm. um but overall it was good yeah just maybe like too many cliffhangers for me personally and then also like i haven't seen thrawn before anything because i didn't watch rebels but i didn't find him that menacing like Mm. i was expecting him to be like super like evil and stuff but who's your complaint i don't know well thrawn's not supposed to be particularly evil he's not palpatine or vader but he's supposed to be extremely cold and cunning and clever and i don't think they portrayed that very well I mean, they didn't really have a lot of time to do that, too. They had two episodes, right, where he was really in it. Yeah, yeah. but even within that, uh, they could have portrayed him more as he was in the books where he was always several steps ahead 
And then only through Jedi ingenuity were they able to get a surprise win at the last minute. Which they instead they just had him basically fail every time. It's so tough. It must be mm-hmm. so hard to like have a character like Thrawn in a TV series where you need the heroes to win. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. right in a short time. Like unless you want to have like a and they I guess they kinda did. It was a bit of an Empire Strikes back ending where of course Ezra gets back and and yeah. the other two are, are still stranded there, right? But and Thrawn's back. And Thrawn's like, back. Yeah, well, as well. What's funny is what I'm how I'm explaining how Thrawn should have been portrayed was exactly how uh Sabine, uh, Ezra and Ahsoka were portrayed. It was kind of reversed, right? It was like they won every fight but then lost the final one. But right. they got stranded. So right. really Thrawn won in the end, but it's just funny that as I'm saying, this should have happened to Thrawn is exactly what happened to the rest of the crew. It's yeah. like they're like the reverse roles almost. Yeah. I like how Ahsoka at the end of those, she pulls the Thrawn and goes like, yeah, but this is all part of the grand plan. <laughs> yeah. We're meant to be here. <laughs> sure. The will of the force. Yeah. Sort in, in Rebels, is, is Sabine this annoying? Like I found, I found the character really annoying and especially... Yes. Not as bad as Ezra. The, the, when she first... She got to the new planet and Ezra's like, what happened? She's like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, are you kidding me? There's so much to explain to him. He's been sitting on that planet for years Mm -hmm. and you're just going to like be like, "Mm, I've had a long day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Give me some gossip, man. I've been like (laughs) talking to these weird little turtle things for (laughs) 10 years. I want to talk about his sardines. Yeah. (laughs) Starting off with the obvious, the elephant in the room or the big purple Lasat not in the room which is Zeb. Um, I, I, looking back at the show, you know, I just thought to myself, like, why isn't Zeb in this show? Like, even for, like, a small appearance, just weird. didn't show up, right? It's so weird. Yeah. Especially because he's um, kind of related to uh, the X-Wing pilot character, right? Yeah. Who he well, it's like part interacts of the, with. He's, he's, yeah, he, like, he shows up in Mandalorian, but they don't mm-hmm. bring him in for yeah. Ahsoka, right? And, like, the, the, the best maybe circumstance... Maybe he's got another story. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where he's uh, where he's off doing, but, like, what I thought was looking at that final scene when Ezra kind of gets off the shuttle and he, like, takes off his helmet, all I can picture in my head was, like, Zeb kind of, like, pushing through the crowd and getting to the front, like, kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah, there, just right? one shot, man. Yeah. That's all you needed, right? And um, you're right. Just, that would have been a great spot for yeah. that. Yeah, because they had like all those like pilots and mm-hmm. people in the hangar. Like yeah. he could have just come back from somewhere. Who knows, right? I don't care why he's there. It's just like just throw him in there, right? Would have been nice, but maybe anyways. a financial decision. Maybe. Well, I mean, they had a mate already. <laughs> I don't know the the character, right? Like all the yeah, like, yeah. This is a Dave Filoni question. It well, is. they could be just leaving something for, you know, not not throwing out at all their yeah. their tricks in the first season. Could yeah. be, but one of the biggest complaints of the sequels is they didn't do the family reunion original cast. So I hate for them to not do that at some point as well. I was expecting that and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we got yeah. Ghost Anakin, but we didn't get Ghost Kanan. Uh, you know what? I don't really care for Ghost Cannon. Only because... What's <laughs> wrong with Ghost Cannon? Only because <laughs> we've never seen him in live action before. I feel like a lot of people would have been like, who the heck is that? Right? I feel like... Would you would you want it to be played by Freddie Prince Jr.? 
Because he actually, I would say, looks kind of like him. He just dyed his hair. I don't time. know. And Keanu Reeves. <laughs> that would have been be great. I think like I, that wouldn't if be someone bad, like right? that, though, if someone like that came in and played Kanan, that would overshadow Kanan. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like freaking Keanu Reeves in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, I don't know. Darian, you haven't seen Star Wars Rebels. So what's your take on, on, on all that? I haven't. Yeah. So it wasn't exactly a miss for me. I mean, he was in um, the last show, wasn't he, Zeb? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's like hilarious. the one uh, bar kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't exactly know how effects work. It's the simplest kind of the characters made. You can put him in, but yeah. Um, I don't know why they wouldn't include him if everyone else was there. Yeah. No, it's it's. I, I think it's unfair to the character in a way. Like it's just you know like why? But justice for Zeb. Um, <laughs> what about? <laughs> Is that what it was for the for like Chewbacca and uh, Han dying? Or everyone got real mad about that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That was among them. And then JJ's like, oh, just give him a medal. They'll make him feel better. Yeah. That, oh, right. That kind of ticked me off. That was like throwing a bone. It's like, here you go. Like, I don't know. 40 um, years later. I was out there picketing alone. I was justice for Max Rebo. He didn't show up in any of the sequels. <sighs> Darren, what's your take on, on a Kanan showing up? Because you know who Kanan is, but you've never, like, you haven't gotten attached to the character. You haven't seen the show, but... Um, like if some dude showed up with a ponytail and stuff, would you know who he is? No. Okay. Maybe not. Okay. Well, that, that's good. That's yeah, like good to know the, though, because you know, I don't, I don't know how yeah, wide, wide I feel spread. like I, I represent the casual viewer crowd here. Yeah. But did you have that reaction when Zeb showed up for the first time? You were just like, who is this weird purple alien? <laughs> and like, <laughs> someone that that cares so much. It was actually... We were doing the podcast review, and right. I think it was Josh or someone mentioned it. I'm like, oh, yes, Zeb. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't know who it was, but I, I'm happy that they had him in the show for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, epilogue 2 uh, wrapped up with some very familiar uh, Rebels music. And I don't know if you guys caught it, but I'll, I'll play a little bit here. Uh, so this is uh, thanks to the Kevin Kinder soundtrack. Ahsoka Volume 2 is now out on streaming and uh, I'm just going to fast forward to like the very kind of the last minute here take a listen to this I do recall recognizing some tunes spliced in when I watched the episode, yeah. but not well enough to put a name to it. Okay. I'm assuming it's from Rebels. It's from Rebels. Yeah. It's from Rebels. So so the the way that the show ended was with a, with, with a Rebels theme. So right. it ended off with the Rebels season two ending. Oh, mm. random. Yeah, Instead yeah. of season four. It's Rebels.
All right, that's it. That's that. I was like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. That's a cool parallel between kind of the ending of it's season a nice score. two. It's a good score. Yeah. And, and I was thinking in my head, why season two? And season two is the last time we see Ahsoka and other Vader. than the epilogue. Yeah. I got I to gotta throw a question out to the room there because uh, this is overall like looking back at the series. Um, we had Sabine transformed into a Jedi. Right, like surprise. She, yeah, surprise. Right. <laughs> I was the just second like, ever Mandalorian Jedi. Second and the first well, that we've the, ever. The original guy made the dark saber. Yeah, Tar Tarvisla. Yeah, uh, he was the only other Mandalorian Jedi. But uh, here's here's the real, the real big thing is we've never seen a story where someone goes from having no affinity to the Force at all to becoming like a full fledged Force user. In a show, right? It's a little right. bit of a retcon, though, because she didn't have no affinity. Like, we, I guess she, we thought that was the case, and right. then they retcon it being like, oh, no, she was just weak in the Force, right? <laughs> right, like, yeah. She has it, but You it's have not. no power. I guess, I guess the, the principle they're setting up is, like, all beings can technically use the Force if they discipline themselves enough, right? And this is a mindset, like, that fans kind of had perceived... Back when the original trilogy came out, up until the point where the prequels kind of established the whole midi chlorine thing, and only like some people have that natural affinity to use it, whereas like most people just wouldn't even bother or try because like they don't have the discipline to do it right. But like we're watching a show that may like we don't know how much time the show spans in terms of time, right? So like I don't know if the eight episode show spans like weeks or months or like a year. Um, but in that time frame, assuming that between the lines, like between the, the chapters of the show, like she's kind of doing what she does to practice her force powers or whatever, you know, can you buy that? Like, can you buy the idea that she's able to use the force at the end? Uh, I think my issue with it is mainly what we talked about in the last podcast, which was I, I can buy cause everyone theoretically can use the force in the star wars universe right just depending on your midichlorians is how naturally yeah. comes to you so there's no reason to say that she could never learn to use the force but it annoys me when it goes from struggling to use it and then she's just you know barely able to pull the lightsaber to save herself and then the next thing she does is like no problem throw Ezra on the star destroyer. That that's something that was I wild. A, yeah, that was I had an issue with that. That's too. a huge jump. Yeah. In training. Yeah. So overall, though, yes or no? Are do you like the fact that Sabine became a Force using Jedi by the end of the show? I'm indifferent. I think, like, I was more annoyed with the idea before the show. But now that it's happened, sometimes you gotta it's roll just, with yeah, it. It's, it's, it it's gonna be there whether or not you like it. So sometimes yeah. it's easier to just convince yourself you're okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> that and like I feel like we all have the the 13 year old in ourselves. I think Bryce, you may have mentioned this at one point where we all wanted to be the Boba Fett with a lightsaber character. Yeah, yeah. So so now that it's happened, you can't really be like, ah, I don't like it because it's they're giving you they're giving it is a little bit of fan service, right? You get the mm -hmm. Mandalorian Jedi. So that means yeah. every role playing game from now on is going to have someone playing Mandalorian Jedi. <laughs> yeah. And you. I do hope I hope they um they kind of because I, I, I kind of get it. Like maybe maybe she can't be the most powerful Jedi, right? But maybe she has to. I hope and maybe in the next season she has to kind of. Be okay with that, right? And and dig into her Mandalorian roots, 
and be some sort of amalgamation, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe we we will kind of see her. I what I really want is I want to see her lean in to the lightsaber blaster kind of combo, you know? Yeah, the Cal, be cool. Cal Katarn kind yeah. of Cal, Cal Kestis uh, yeah. did that in the sequel to Fallen Order as well, which right. was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, you can choose that stance. Here's my question. Do you think she's going to fix the Darksaber? No. Okay. And I don't think she should. She's at Mandalorian Heritage now. Yeah, no, forget the Darksaber. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. I, I hate when they break a lightsaber and they fix it. But anyway, Bryce, uh, do you like, yes or no, do you like the Force using Sabine? Um, I guess, I, I guess I'm pretty, pretty okay with it. I'd say it was unnecessary. Okay. I think she was like, you know, she's cool enough being a Mandalorian and we have enough Jedi already. Yeah. You know, Ezra's there, Soka's there. Maybe Luke will show up at some point. Um, I guess it kind of depends where they take it. I yeah. think they're all going to be in Jedi's Acad- or in Luke's Jedi Academy when it burns down. Yeah, <laughs> Darian, what's your what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty indifferent. I will just say she got really powerful really quick, like that kind of force throw she did uh, in the last episode. I believe seemed like something that takes many years to master i guess yeah where yeah like there's no way you're doing that jump very quick yeah (laughs) yeah hey francis just joined us uh hello francis hey Hey. how you doing good good how are you not too bad not too bad awesome yeah nice you to join us man yeah thanks for hopping in um and uh, what's your what's your take? You know, yes or no? Um, you know, do you like the Sabine became a Force using Jedi at the end of the show? And go. I mean, in all honesty, I don't really like it. it. I feel like it was really out of left field that Sabine even started trading with Ahsoka. And I mean, thinking about the last episode for the past couple of days, I think it's really weird that she can even use the Force as well as she does. Yeah, but I do get a part of um, the adrenaline um, in in the moment being able to do certain abilities. But she, I do agree that she's a lot more powerful than she should be, especially with someone who with like absolutely nothing is training. I ran a, a Twitter poll uh, on this, and I got forty two votes, so it was actually a decent amount. Uh, and it, it was, do you like the fact that Sabine became a Force using Jedi? 52.4% said yes. Oh, really? So it was wow. very, very close. That's more than I would have expected. It was close. Yeah. And I think, like, I don't know, whoever took the time to hit an answer, you know, maybe if more people got in, the result would have changed. But, uh, yeah, 47.6% said no. And I would be in that, I couldn't vote on my own story, but, like, I would probably be in that camp as well. Uh, with Francis, I just I think it was very out of left field. Like I don't. Yeah. I like the idea that anyone can be disciplined enough to get to that point. I don't like how they did it within the time frame of one season of the show. Right. I think if they draw it like drew it out a bit longer, it would have been a bit better. I could see her maybe doing the lightsaber thing at the very end, like but barely kind of thing. And the whole Ezra chucking off the cliff was just kind of terrible. Like I was like, okay, no, that's. <laughs> Kind of stupid. <laughs> I was really hoping he would just fall. It's like, can Ahsoka not just take the time out of her busy fight to just like spin around, you know, pull one of those like spinny guys from Book of Boba and just go boom and just like force pushing the rest of the way? It's like, yeah, 
Like anything, anything except yeah. her, right? But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Uh, so it kind of seemed like an idea that like a 10-year-old Star Wars fan would come up with. It's like, yeah, we'll lift each other with the force as we're kind of like jumping. Well, <laughs> that's what Esther and Kanan used to do all the time. Oh, really? Okay. Not, so not like midair, but it'd be like he would... Like, Kanan would, like, throw Ezra, and then Ezra would pull Kanan. So this is a bit of a throwback. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, That's okay. kind of what's going on there. Yeah. I'll also throw in that there were a few times that Anakin and Obi-Wan did that in the Clone Wars. Yeah, they did. I think, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's just like the it's just like the Jedi version of Shake and Bake from Tower. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking about. <laughs> they just look Cow, at each other. Slingshot! <laughs> Shake and bake, baby. <laughs> Throw me onto that Star Destroyer. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, Do you think at some point you could maybe like slingshot me instead? Maybe I could have the win? <laughs> but Cal, if you win, how am I supposed to win? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, good point. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good movie. All right. Well, we just got a message from a good friend. Podcast. You see good podcast. Star Wars. Escape pod is the pod for you. Mm, leave a review and may the force be with you. Yes. Oh, cool. Was that a recording set from Kyle? That was Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, hopefully Kyle joins us soon. But um, okay, here's here's another one. Um, something about something about the uh, the zombie troopers, the death troopers. Sorry, was really really nice. You know, at the end of the show, like. I feel like everyone was just kind of like estimating, like, oh, all, all these these crimson stormtroopers dead, and like, you know, like people were like kind of hoping that that was going to be a thing, like three episodes before the end, and then at mm-hmm. the very end they like dropped the ball, you know, it's just like, okay, yeah, here it is, and then boom, like a big reveal. Um, did you like that? You know that, we, like, I know, that, like, yes, but I want to go farther. Um, I'm glad that they're they're canon again. But I really want like the, the flesh eating ones, which I don't think we got. I think there, there was a moment where I thought that's what we're going for with the death trooper zombie trooper. But I, I think he was just gnashing his teeth to be scary. I think he was actually trying to eat Sabine. I don't know. What, did you guys think he was hungry there? It would have been cool to see like, yeah, I think I like to think he was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> There's precedent. I, I didn't want to make a it. little snack. <laughs> yeah, uh, they've been div- deprived of food on that planet for a long time, probably. Right? Give me some mm-hmm. crackers. <laughs> no, but the way he looks, though, it looks like he's been dead for a while. Yeah. So That's they all he got dead? shot in the face. I don't think so. Oh, okay. No, I think because they from the be- the beginning of the episode, they were regular stormtroopers. They were like talking and communicating, and then they died, and then they came back, and they're all making zombie noises. Mm-hmm. So I think they were originally fine. And then after the warrant, plus the the night sister, the mother, told Thrawn or Thrawn asked her like, "Do they know what what they're in for?" Like, and then she's something like, you know, "I think she might have said the ritual's complete or whatever." And yes, they've all been told what like what what they're in for. Mm-hmm. So, I would have preferred if they were just zombies the entire time. I thought that would have been a cool twist instead of it being like a backup plan. Right? But it would have made sense, right? Like, how mm-hmm. do you? How do you feed that many people on a star destroyer? Right, no, maybe true. maybe they all all died and then yeah, they yeah. were kept alive via yeah, um, just this, some alchemy magic, right? Like, yeah, so it's just Thrawn. It kind of writes itself. Everyone else is zombies. Mm-hmm. I think when we were because we were, this this whole death trooper thing was a highlight for me in the last episode, but mm-hmm. um, 
you know, I think it was Shauna who mentioned something along the lines of back when this spell has been used before, it takes a great amount of energy to continue the, the process, right? The, the ritual of, you know, because in, in Clone Wars, when this happened, Grievous kills the woman who was doing this as well. And then all of the corpse troopers or whatever, the Night Sister corpses were, were like they fell apart and kind of disintegrated or whatever. So uh, I guess unless they wanted to retcon that and maybe change some sort of, maybe they make like a magical ball somewhere and that's mm-hmm. like where the essence of the source has come from, who knows? Well, let right? me like, throw this out. What if what we saw and in Clone Wars as well as in this was that's the Night Sisters version of it, but maybe there's also a Sith Alchemy version which has more permanent effects, but maybe it makes them more zombie-like. Because That'd be cool. It, because Sith Alchemy seems to be quite similar to Night Sister Magic. Yeah, from the in the current canon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked. It. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it would have been cool if they were all if they're all dead already. But I don't know. Then they couldn't like chant Thrawn, right? Mm-hmm. That's a good in. point. There's not just one way to make a zombie, probably, right? No. It's a big universe. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. There's hope yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a cake and eat too. Dan, uh, Dan's two cents here. He says, um, Ahsoka, uh, show overall two Pablo points. Overall, I really enjoyed the season. Looking back, I kind of wished maybe more happened with Thrawn. It was a lot of setup and a lot of scenes with standing around and talking highlights were the many lightsaber battles great casting especially sabine ezra balin zombie troopers anakin clone wars flashback dream sequence uh also really enjoyed hu yang solid season left me wanting more and i felt they did justice in bringing the rebel characters to life wish we saw zeb so thank you dan no i agree with all those points he actually covered a lot of bases there yeah yeah Looking back at that Anakin thing, um, Darian, maybe Francis, maybe you can chime in here. Um, what, what, what's the like? Because I haven't, I haven't heard your your opinion, or either of your opinions on kind of what you thought of that sequence. So maybe Darian, you can start. What, like looking back at that sequence, like what did you perceive it to be? Did it happen for real? Did it kind of all happen in her head? Um, did you like it? Did you like the whole kind of Anakin going dark and some one final lesson he's got to teach her, all that stuff? Uh, this is specifically referring to the episode five, World yeah. Between Worlds. Yeah, section. the Shadow Shadow Warrior, I think it was called. Yeah. So to me, it seemed initially kind of weird because, like, she, I don't, like, it's, did she fall into the water? Did she die? Like, I don't really know what happened there. But as far as what happened in the World Between Worlds, I thought it was really cool great to see Hayden Christensen back and then I don't know seeing all those flashback scenes and like seeing the continuity they had like it was really awesome and I like how we kind of went evil and then we kind of voice like Darth Vader and then like Anakin like that was really cool so in the end I felt a little bit confusing as to why it happened like was it happening in her head but the scenes itself was really cool awesome and what about you Francis Personally, I think that it did happen, quote-unquote, because at that point, Anakin had been redeemed. Um, mm-hmm. And so I feel like it was a part of like his Force Ghost reaching out to Ahsoka and telling her, like, 
the truth that like he didn't finish her training and he wanted to you know have some closure with his padawan since he was watching over her the entire time um but i i really liked it i do have a few friends in the 501st and like i mean to be fair me included that did have a few problems with the uh costumes in um in the flashback sequence for being clone wars specifically uh yeah like for example like with rex um his uh gun holsters were way too big for what they are and like his left shoulder pauldron was really disproportionate um and his elbow armor was like the wrong way around so that was really weird oh interesting um yeah um if, if you if you look up some pictures um you can see a better look but on the elbows, you can just see like the stripe that goes down um, the elbow guard is just to the it's just cranked in like ninety degrees instead of like lining up with the actual armor properly. Interesting. Does, um, do you think that's so possible that the actor just put it on wrong? Like, is it something that simple? Maybe the actor just put it on wrong, um, which is why like. I think most of us probably just let go of the elbow thing, but the whole shoulder pauldron and like the guns being really disproportionate, those were just really weird. Cause like Rex's shoulder pauldron is one of his defining features on his armor. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing that thing basically be the actual just size of his shoulder blade instead of being like this kind of almost ranked officer symbol, um, was a bit strange. But I did really like it. Um, I, I, if I'm gonna be honest, I screamed when the Clone Wars stuff came on. Um, and when I saw Hayden, I was like, yes, yes. Like we all were. But yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, fair enough. Oh, except Josh. Josh um, was really mad. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> what? You were upset with the what? whole thing. No, I wasn't. No, I loved seeing Hayden back. Um, I I was also I'm on I'm on the same page with you though, Francis. I had a big problem with some of the clone costumes. That's what it was. It was the the practicality of the storm of the clone troopers in some of the shots uh, were very yeah. odd, very clunky. Oh right, because you're upset about it being live action instead of CG clones. That's what you were saying. Yes. Yeah, I prefer the CG clones. You can usually yeah, tell. I agree. Yeah, you can usually tell when they're CG and when they're practical. And um, I just like the clean, like like the clean, neat sort of look of the of the CG clone better. And at this day and age, they don't need to look like video game characters. When I want like, when I watch my movies, I want things to be as unrealistic as possible. Well, like okay, like th- the thing is, it's like th- there hasn't been a lot of CG clones lately. Like there's only been the one use of them in like the Grogu flashback in Book of Boba, and they mm-hmm. every every other time, Andor, Kenobi, this show. Uh, in the forefront, at least, there has been practical clones, right? And I just, I like the look of the CG better. And when people think of the CG clones, though, they think back 20 years to what the CG clone looked back then. Back of the clones, yeah. Right? But it doesn't need to look like that anymore. Mm-hmm. It can look so much better. And they just they just refuse to do it. Yeah. And in Force Awakens, they had CG stormtroopers in the big hangar bay. Uh, when you see like the Tie Fighters ripping out of there, and you know Finn mm-hmm. and Poe are like doing their thing, the big, huge, just complete animated scene, and uh, you can't even tell. 
Like you can't even tell that the stormtroopers in there are, are like just CG. Like they're they're not there, right? But mm -hmm. they look great. They look like they could be there. And all the marketing on that show really brought an understanding to a lot of fans that there was going to be a lot more use of practical material in that movie. Right. And going forward, they've kind of tried to maintain that image. And uh, I just think sometimes when they go out of their way to do something practically, it doesn't always look that good. Fair enough. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we all grew up with CG clones, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, and that's when you, when you first see them, you know, especially in, in uh, it really reminded me of like Revenge of the Sith kind of clones, right? When they're like on Utapal, like jumping around on top mm -hmm. of the crab droids shooting, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that's what I think of when I think clones. So, and I mean, we're, we all love clone troopers, right? Yeah. Like we, they're, the, they're like the coolest thing. So when we see something that doesn't quite fit, like like when, when you were talking about the pauldron or like the way Rex looks, we can't unsee it, right? It's right. just going to look weird mm. and it's going to be hard to move past it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's up to it's tough because it is. It seems like something that's small, but it really isn't. And I think mm -hmm. sometimes they maybe overlook it. Yeah. My question with Rex and the pauldron is: Do we have a reference of another character from Revenge of the Sith live action that had a pauldron? Like, do we have like like a scaling reference, as opposed to Rex from an animated show? I don't think we do. I think this is the first time we've seen pauldrons in live action. Other than, like, on clones. Because we have them on, on stormtroopers. Like, sand troopers have them. Right. You know, on clones. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys want to do, like, a pauldron special episode? <laughs> we just talk about pauldrons, though? <laughs> For, like, two hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Francis, it's so exciting. Francis, you, you, did you say, did I catch you say you're a part of the 501st? Uh, I am in the midst of uh, joining the 501st. I have a few contacts in it. Um, I am in the works of being the first Revan in Vancouver. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, but uh, I'm also working towards being one of Vancouver's um, Vader's. Oh, oh that'd sweet. be cool. I know, I know the other guy. The, the other Vader. <laughs> his name's Anakin. His, name, his name's uh, Dave. His name's Dave, and, Vader, and he is in our Discord server. Yeah. Uh, speaking uh, of our there Discord, there's also one other Vader who I joined more recently. Oh, okay. All right. So then there's three of you guys. Soon to be three. Soon to be three. Yeah. Uh, speaking Soon of our Discord, there now is a video I posted in the general chat, which is a really good overview. I don't know if you guys checked it out yet, but it's called "Why Does Attack of the Clones Look Like a Video Game?" And uh, <laughs> it's a it's a eye grabbing title but it's not done the video is not done to rag on the attack of the clones like it's done from like a a loving perspective of like like look like this movie changed the game like this movie changed the industry mm -hmm. and this is why people would use the terminology to describe it as a video game but as we know from 2002 video game cutscenes sucked like they were like oh, yeah. super hard edge geometry low textures bad animation looked like proxy geo everywhere it was bad right um this movie no doesn't even compare to a video game it is a thousand times better right but today's you know today looking back today it's like okay yeah this is it's rough it's not it holding up that yeah. well right 
they filmed this on a resolution. The first digital camera ever for cinema was mm-hmm. less than full HD. And that's what they had to work with. And that's what we have to work with when we're watching these movies. Like the episode three of the game had changed a bit, but Attack of the Clones specifically. When you watch that 4K resolution on Disney Plus or on your Blu-ray or whatever, you're watching an upscaled, like just beneath full HD resolution. It is like, what? Yeah, they would like, have had to do a you lot You can of film better footage on your phone. Them. Yeah. So that, I will say that's one of the bigger downsides of making that decision is when you're looking with film, like actual film, you can up it so easily. Just, you know, get uh, with better tech, you can get better image out of the, the film reel itself. But with digital recording, that's what it is. So without like AI tech or whatever to filter it, to sharpen everything. Mm. So I'm impressed Disney's done as good of a job as they have with it, if I'm honest with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, like it's, 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 it's a game changing movie. It's an industry revolution, you know, like looking back at that movie, uh, we would not probably be where we are today without it. Uh, that being said, I still prefer CG clones. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I don't know who else, who else has anything to bring up? Um, I will bring up, um, I, I, I feel like we each have the thing that like we each liked that, that scene that and that uh uh the clone wars throwback but the thing i had kind of an issue with was the like i always view the clones as like strategic and tactical so you didn't like them just running at camera it was bizarre <laughs> like and i know it's probably it's like okay it's just like a dream sequence right? yeah it's like it's like a fever dream so it's kind of having yeah um uh, but it was it was kind of weird for them just to be and i wanted to see the droids i wanted to see the what they were shooting at and stuff i wanted I know it's very selfish to to want more after seeing like a scene like that, but I want more. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I know I shouldn't. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. <laughs> oh gosh, no, that's a good point. I mean, that's you think that droids? Say, say again, Francis. Thousands of battle droids. Oh, sorry. No. Um, no, but it's valid wanting to see the droids because, like, I do echo the fact that like Disney is really hesitant on using their CGI. It's really weird. Is it that, or are they hesitant on showing prequel stuff? Because I feel like prequel I feel like stuff they are in just general. Hesitant on using CGI in general. Okay. Because like, well, I guess maybe a bit of both. Because like, to call to Kenobi, the Grand Inquisitor was weird, huh? Oh yeah. Hmm. Mm. I thought the like, um... they could have just used a little bit of CGI there. Well, I don't even think they would need to because. He should have been a moon, which we would have saw in Udapower. Or sorry, Udapowan. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. He didn't even look like his own race. A, a, a pawn. Pawn. Sorry, pawn, from yeah. Udapow. It's very frustrating because we see the live action. Yeah. You know, Powan. In Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. It is. It's it's, it's, it's like yeah, and they actually looked pretty good. Yeah, they did. Yeah. See, this is this is my whole kind of like. The TV adaption of some stuff is not always the where where it should be, just because I think it's budget and time that they may not have, right? So like the makeup for that one guy for that one shot in that one movie, you know, his filming schedule may have been like two days or something, but that makeup probably took hours. Oh, for right? sure. And when they're doing these Disney Plus shows, I don't think they they have that time. I don't really know how it works necessarily, but. 
you know, with a character like that or with Cad Bane, for example. It's like we've seen live action Duros. We've seen live action Pollens. Mm. It's like, why, real, yeah, why don't they line up? Yeah. Right. I like, don't think I'd buy it. Like if you can if you can make an entire set where Obi-Wan is chopping up sand whale meat and like put in like that yeah. much effort to something. Priorities, Bryce. To, yeah, but then but then like you can't put in the effort to just make something look like like it yeah. we've seen it before, right? Yeah. Especially when it's compared to something See, it's, that was it's live worse. action. Yeah, it's worse when we've seen it before because we know yeah. what it should look like. Yeah. In the continuity of things, right? Yeah. Because like I could be forgiving when you're going from animated to live action, but live action, live action just it's just feels starkly wrong. Yeah. And I think that's so important with Star Wars is having consistency in the universe. You know, it makes it feel like it's bound together. Mm-hmm, it's not yeah. as jarring when you, you know, you see the character you've seen before and you're like, it makes it feel that much cooler when you recognize it instantly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it looks like they just kind of jumped right off of the set of a movie you've seen 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. That actually it's in front of you, you know? No, I agree 100%. And that actually reminds me, it was, was a big issue with the sequel movies, which was there wasn't any original trilogy or prequel alien races. It was yeah. all new stuff. So it doesn't feel connected. It's jarring. and mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That leads me to my next question, you know, as far as visual continuity goes. Uh, a lot of people seem to be on the page of in favor of recasting... Balin? Balin, yeah. What, yeah. What's his name? Ray Stevenson, thank you. Yeah. Um, and uh, state yourself. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, second brain. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's just it's one of those things. Though it's like it's like okay, I have a problem with like that kind of thing, right? Like with like the pollens, the duros not lining up visually, other among other things. Um, when it comes to an actor, if they haven't like aged up and mm-hmm. now someone else can play them. What do you do then? Because I don't think we've ever really had that happen before in Star Wars. Like ever. Carrie Fisher, I guess, but they just CG'd her. They didn't recast. Yeah, they CG'd her, to her younger self. Yeah. And it like sure it didn't look like amazing, but you know, it looked as good as it could be. But I mean at the same time it's like, okay, it's still her. Like it's not somebody else, right? Other than other than like super young Leia, but then that's mm-hmm. young Leia, right? I think like the most controversial time that we've ever had this come up is is Han Solo. Uh, so, uh, you know, like question for the room is with that in mind, like would would the recap revisiting the whole recasting idea in your head, like would you be okay with it? Yes, but I want it in universe explanation. Really, I think just to just to sell it. Because like, if you were someone who wasn't a big fan following all this, I don't think you would recognize that same character. That's my that's always my problem when you recast. And it's always a bit jarring. So just to spitball some ideas, whether he gets enhanced by like Night Sisters or something, and it had it, so there'd be like it would be a, a CG face replacement up to the magic, and then he looks different afterwards. Something along those lines would be my preference. Or the, I don't know. He's looking for the. Uh, they the, did. They did that the in the small mother, film. the sister. They had a guy. They had a really famous actor who mm-hmm. played like a villain, like a crime lord, mm-hmm. and he was in there for like one episode and he gets shot. But then they later brought him back in a new se- in a different season, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get him. It was like a scheduling conflict. Okay. So they had someone else play the guy, but then they started off the episode with this like major facial reconstruction scene, where <laughs> it was just the new actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like looking at himself in the mirror. He's like. 
Oh, right. You think they're going to be able to tell? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just to me that that sells it. Like it doesn't need to be that rudimentary because that means. totally would take me out of it. Really? You know, I'd be like, come on, like but, we have I mean, to do this. Like this, this is embarrassing, case, guys. Like, what if the we find out the son is alive somehow from Mortis, and he makes a deal and then changes him or something? I don't know. I, I think I'm. I thought the son's dead. I'm just saying, like something along those lines. Son's dead. Father's dead. Daughter's dead. Do you think a lot of people are <laughs> going to want did. like a whole <laughs> episode devoted to why this guy's face? is Not strange. a whole episode. Just something happens and, in an episode, and it's like a lot of plot that kind of goes into that. It's like his face burns off like Anakin, and then <laughs> gets a mask for like the whole thing. Just put that, a mask on. That, him. Why not? I mean, he's Dark Jedi. You could totally do that too. They could do it. They could put a mask on him and just leave it on. And then maybe CG his face like the one time it pops up or something. Star Wars fans yeah. love masks. You put like a Revan-esque mask on, on Balin. Yeah. People love that. Yeah. I think I know someone who could apply for that, that role. <laughs> Get in there. Send in your application, man. Yeah. They're looking. Uh, I, I think I can like... I feel like it's a very like when when it's a scenario where someone has passed away, I feel like I can suspend my disbelief and just kind of you know be like this Mm. is yeah. Uh, I do kind of understand where you're coming from. Where if it's someone that doesn't know what happened and all of a sudden they're coming in next season, they're like what? But I mean, I'd hope they've been briefed. (laughs) Yeah, I mean if if they're like oh why is this guy different? It's like well he passed away. It's like. Oh, okay. Like, you can't argue that. It's like, well, yeah. why did they... I don't know. Yeah. It's... The, the the hardest part for me, though, is Ray Stevenson did such a good so job. So good, hey? Holy... Like, he was my... Actually, the Dark Jedi were my favorite part of the series, I think. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Even more than Thrawn, which was, yeah. I would have expected to be my favorite. They killed it with the villains. Yeah. Dude, so good. Mm-hmm. But that would make it that much more jarring to me. If you, It just feels like the bar is so high. Yeah. Darren, what's your take on all that? I, I don't know. To me, it's like, I think you, I, I listened to the last podcast you did. I think one of you guys compared it to Dumbledore in um, kind of the third movie when they switch it up. And at first it's like, whoa, like, who is that? But then you kind of get over it really quick. So I, I could see yeah. the same here. Like, he does, he does have a cool storyline where you could kind of continue it. But then again, they could also just like, kind of write him out and just explain that, I don't know, he either died on that planet or something. And I think Star Wars fans would also kind of forget about him mm-hmm. eventually too. So it's it's kind of tough. Like, I'm kind of happy with either way they go here. Um, do you guys think they might CG him? I mean, can we or all agree that, that we don't want that? Yeah, I agree. I, I want to know what's going to happen. It's so interesting. I, if he's a main character in the following season, I'd... Do not want him to be a full CG guy the whole time. Like, no thanks, I'm good. Right. Mm. Yeah. Let's do it practical. Let's make him a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> I love our practical. Let's make him a miniature on strings. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we know that works out so well. Um, I think I would be okay with a CG face, you know, done savoringly in sparing moments. Kind that's, of like that's the thing. Is totally depends on how. Like integral he is to the story, how many scenes he's gonna have? Because if yeah. it's just a handful of scenes, like we have Luke, sure, 
Yeah. But if he's going to be a main character that's very prominent, then right. I'm not sure that we're technologically there yet. Nope. Yeah. That is another thing. This show, as Darian was kind of saying, uh, for perhaps him and, and other casual viewers not knowing what to expect next, there has nothing been, there's no season two, you know, no, no green lit season two as far as we know. Uh, partially, that is partially probably due to all of the strikes going on in Hollywood right now. Uh, but uh, thanks to Celebration earlier this year, we do know that Dave is directing a New Republic movie and it is likely that there is some sort of connection between this show and his film. Um, seeing as he is this writer for this entire season, uh, he is writing and probably directing his own movie uh, at a later point in time as well. So what's the theory of this show just kind of directly feeding into that movie and, you know, casting, recasting, Balin, whatever aside, is this plot line going to continue on the big screen or is it going to continue on a small screen at home? How far away is the movie? I think a small screen. You, gonna, you yeah, think season like, two? I feel like there'd be something leaked. I think there'll for sure be a season two. I think maybe after that it'll feed into a movie, but I don't know. There just seems like too much of a gap. Okay. I almost think they're, they're, they will wait and they're going to analyze how well the show did. Yeah, before that's like committing too. to another mm-hmm. season because that's that, fair. Yeah, that seems to be how they've kind of been operating, especially after you know Obi Wan mm-hmm. didn't do too well. And all well, of a sudden, it, it downhill from Boba Fett, I would say, right? Viewership wise, right? And you know, I think a lot of the times we expected another season of some of these shows, mm-hmm. and they don't do too well, and all of a sudden it's you know, it's curtains. Where's my solo too? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's coming, buddy. Yeah. I'm going to throw out a question here. Solo 2. Duo. Hey, that's another story that didn't get wrapped up properly. Up until now, just, you know, anyone who's listening, uh, there is a book called Crimson Climb coming out next month, I think, or it's this month. And it carries the story of Kira kind of after the events of Solo. Mm. So anyways. um, Yeah, they took her character in a crazy arc. Yeah. Yeah, they did. A lot in the comics, eh? Huge. Definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely follow keep up, up in the comics. That. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing I wanted to ask you guys about, um, because I, you you guys did all the Rebels, you know, like you guys like watched it all to get caught up. Now, and as I've been kind of out of the loop, I was wondering if there's anything, anything huge and prevalent that you noticed in Ahsoka that stuck out that I, you know, maybe wouldn't have caught on to if I didn't, or or... Or listeners wouldn't wouldn't have caught on to if they hadn't watched all of Rebels. Uh, Josh pointed out that the recording at the end of Rebels and then what Sabine listens to at the beginning are two entirely different recordings. Oh, interesting. But you know, like you you mean anything that people wouldn't have seen Rebels would have. Yeah, like for example, I I I kept seeing memes memes everywhere that people are calling like Ezra Jabba. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that he uses that as like a yeah I yeah in the yeah. show he, he says his name is Jabba as like a fake name right? as well as Lando. Yeah, he he calls himself Jabba and Lando uh, throughout Rebels like a lot. Yeah, yeah, and so he I was just wondering tricks Hondo with that, right? So I was like, ah, oh, like I wonder what other like small things or even big things that have been missing because I'm not like I have watched a decent amount of Rebels but not all of it. Yeah. No, I think that was probably the 
the big one for the memes for the memes yeah mm-hmm. but that wasn't in the show but it would have been funny if like that's yeah. that's what Sabine yeah. just sees him like, yeah. Java yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well there's that one there's that one moment in Rebels where uh you know he he meets Honda for the first time and he, he's like what's my what's your name and he's like Lando Cal- Lando Calrissian. <laughs> oh, oh, at least I get to meet the famous Lando Calrissian. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, Darian. Uh, before you go, uh, real quick, can I get your Apollo points of poodles for the whole series, just on average? Um, I know you gotta you gotta explain it first. Uh, Apollo points of poodles. Uh, three Apollo poodles being the worst. The worst. Moving on from there, you got two Apollo poodles and one Apollo poodle. And Bandu. Bandu is a 50% score. And you get Pablo points. One Pablo point, two Pablo points, and then three Pablo points being the best of the best of the best. Of the best. Well, considering Rise of Skywalker is a three for me, I'm going to have to go with a 1.75 on this. All right. Awesome. Uh, that was a joke. That was a joke, by the way. Rise of Skywalker is not a three. <laughs> I was like, three. Um, three. 1.75. <laughs> three <poodles? laughs> Oh, and I'll, I'll specify Pablo points, I believe. Pablo so Pablo. on the good end, 1.75. Okay. I think the only issue I have here is I would like to see more Max Rebo. Max Rebo. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's his own show. Did, what, did he show a book of Boba? <laughs> yeah. Uh, was he? Uh, I, I think like he, he might have been in a comic or something. He's he's been in comics, yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like he was in Book of Boba in that one that one scene. Oh, Gar- he's playing Gar- in the Garth of Whips. Jokes aside, he was in the band, right? Yeah, in Moss Eisley. I'm pretty sure he yeah, was there, okay. Garth of Whips place or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I thought this series honestly was really good. I really do want to see a season two, and I hope, I hope we get it. On the small screen, I guess you'd say, just because I think we'll get it faster. And like I said, there were so many cliffhangers mm, there that yeah. I'm very curious about. So yeah, it'd be, um, you're right. It would be hard to yeah. fit all that into a movie. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I uh, appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, throwing in your two cents here. And uh, we, we will catch you in the next one. Awesome. All right. See you, man. All right, and uh, Francis had to go as well. But he said he might be back. Oh, okay. But, I uh, wonder why he was so quiet. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up, though. So, uh, right, question I have. You, before you do that, actually, I wanted to ask you guys, or, or, or I guess I just wanted to mention that one other thing I liked about the series is um, they're kind of delving into the unknown again for Star Wars, right? Like the fantasy yeah. aspect of it, mm. of, of the science fantasy, right? Yeah. There's a lot more like magic. You know, they're they're going to Mortis again. That's something I liked a lot mm-hmm. about the show. Yeah, I think that's all yeah. Dave, right? Because of all the magic stuff. Previously, was really just limited to the animated shows that Dave was looking after. Mm-hmm. At least you let him go far back as George doing the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Like, do you guys get that sense of like it's so fun to be curious again about Star mm-hmm. Wars because there's something you don't know? Because as a Star Wars fan, like we're huge Star Wars fans, like you usually just know everything that's mm-hmm, going yeah. on. You know every character that shows up. You know, like it's a good point. You know, it's it's so nice to be like, I don't know anything this is mysterious to me mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's that's probably that's a really good question because i think that's why i'm so heartbroken that ray stevenson's no longer around because mm. a lot of that wonder comes from his storyline yeah, what sure. he's pursuing because on. you don't know what's going on there right, right? yeah, yeah. Oh, so good and i really hope they continue you know yeah you know and, and mm-hmm. i'm sure they'll find someone good to cast yeah i, I want to see his character keep going i don't want him to write him out yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you, 100%. Mm-hmm. Is this the best Star Wars series? No. <laughs> no. 
That's it's easy. <laughs> it was it was good. I would say it's uh I would say above average for sure. Yeah. Like I would, this is definitely better than Obi Wan and Boba Fett, no question. You guys want to hear the poll? Was poll? Oh, All are right. we wrong? <laughs> oh no! Numero uno. I'm out of 50, touch again. Fifty-six point three percent voted that it was the second best show. Can we, to say, can we say Andor was number one? Yeah. We had twenty-five percent vote that it was the best show. Okay. Uh, most people vote that it's the second best. Then 12.5% said third or lower, and 6.3% said it was terrible. Mm. That's pretty... I mean, the 6.3% no. margin of error, right? Yeah. Okay. Josh, where, where do you rank it? Like, in, in uh, I guess, your your personal ranking. Uh, okay, so Pablo points-wise, like, I would... Pro- like, I haven't calculated my average over, like, what I gave per episode which i probably should do before i say what i'm gonna say but um i think i would just for ease of of slapping one out there like i would say like probably two 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 and a bit pablo points Mm -hmm. maybe something around there you know like two and a smidge yeah yeah just north of two i thought it was a great show two and three sixteenths i think it's easier for me to rank the shows than it is for me to kind of give an accurate sort of yeah and it's tough because well i don't think we actually gave ratings to full seasons previous to this that's what i was trying to think about i I think i think if i'm gonna give it points as well i'm gonna give it like a quarter pablo point or a half pablo point more than obi-wan yeah okay yeah. So that's no, no kind of relevant. But I don't know what I gave Obi Wan, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, we didn't, we only ever did episodes. We didn't do a season overall. No. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty good. Honestly, yeah. I think, I think they are doing better every, mm-hmm. every time they make a, every show. Every show. Yeah. They're like, so you is say this, that, but the first season of Mandalorian to me still was really good. For sure. Yeah. That's up there. That's, that's the one that's above Ahsoka for me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think that's, that's probably what Kirk would say as well. Maybe. Um, well, he liked Andor. If he was here, he really liked Andor too. But I think his favorite show was Mandalorian. Oh, interesting. I and, Andor uh, was number one because I thought that's I thought that too. And then I brought it up, and then I think he said Mandalorian was was actually his favorite. Is show. Is Andor but not your number one? Andor is my number one. That's yeah, my number one as well. Yeah, Andor is is I think the best produced Star Wars show. There is nothing in yeah. there that stands out as bad. Like, yeah, there is it's, like, that's probably the only one where every episode other, other than Practical Clones, <laughs> 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 other than Practical Clone Troopers, which oh, we did gosh. see. Um, that was the only thing. I th- mm-hmm. I thought I loved every other part of the show, and I I know it's like for some people it's a bit slower to get into. Because I did hear that, but you know what? Part of it probably is though is when you watch Jason Bourne, though it's kind of the same. Like there's like the political kind of like side to it right. that you really have to spy movie. Yeah, you. Yeah. Appro- but then you appreciate the story more because like the, the action doesn't happen without that stuff, right? So I do wonder though if we're also, you know, unfortunately, older fans now, so we almost like stuff to have. a bit of a slower burn <laughs> no <laughs> it feels it feels how deeper. dare you yeah. i'm young how dare you say not, that? I, I, want I want action 24 <laughs> 7 no i think i think um i have said this too i have said that ahsoka is like on par with andor mm-hmm. in my head as far as like because there's such different genres i feel like ahsoka has that magical fantasy side that you were talking about but then andor has got the the rebellious kind of 
gritty sort of darker tone of Star Wars that we really have come to appreciate yeah, as well. Right? It's very gritty. Yeah, and so like there's they're they're hitting different types of audiences, right? And like the pacing yeah, of the story sure. is different, and the production design is different. Like and or they they approached as if it was a th- uh, like a full movie mm-hmm. and all of it, the the sets and everything and they, it felt they, targeted to the older audience yeah and they, they they really made a point of saying like we did this show with rogue one in mind we used the same cameras we didn't shoot in the volume you know and that was like some things in ahsoka that i like can't really get on board with this times where you know that it's in the volume and it's just kind of it t- kind of takes you out of it for a moment you're like this isn't this isn't really happening. And like, I, I, maybe I can kind of connect with people that maybe looked at the prequels that way as well, just because maybe the visuals were kind of distracting in that sense. But uh, I don't know. I feel like there was a few things that's like, okay, I, yeah, I think like there was less in my way watching Andor and it was new. And it was like, I didn't know what was going to happen next. I know it was like, the surrounding like mm-hmm. well you kind of did because you knew he was alive at the movie yeah and like ahsoka is like i don't know what, what's gonna happen next in ahsoka either but at the same time it's almost like you can almost predict what's gonna happen next just because of the way that the show is kind of done you know like mm-hmm. you know it's, it's class it feels like that classic fantasy disney yeah. stuff whereas yeah. like andor was like so edgy it's just like man like i didn't see him getting arrested and being in prison for 60 days like that was like a bit of a right yeah that's cool yeah it's like well dang. let me explain it like this then for me i think i prefer low stakes stories and so i really liked andor i really liked the first season mandalorian the very low stakes they're really just it's about that character yeah there's not like a a, a bigger story you know the death star is going to destroy the galaxy the you know taking on the entire empire the force is ending whatever this, I would say Ahsoka, to me, is probably my favorite bigger stakes series. Yeah, that's fair. So I wouldn't yeah. put above those two, but I already have a natural preference for that type of storytelling. So I would compare this more to, like, the Obi-Wan story, for example. Right. Which I think no. did a better job then. It also, where Obi-Wan felt more like... Uh, What's the term now? Just like fan fan stuff. Fan service. Fan service. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this to me, even though it's funny because you could kind of argue it's fan service, but they recanonized stuff that I've always wanted them to recanonize. So it's like, I guess it's kind of fan service, but it, it's, it doesn't feel like it was there for the sake of fan service. Right. Right. That, that, that makes sense. Um, the one fan servicing moment I, think which stood out negatively to me was the whole like last the last i still cannot fully accept the anakin going dark moment in her vision Mm. like when that whole world Mm -hmm. between worlds moment has and like she's kind of she's got this whole like christmas carol scrooge thing going on where she's like kind of going through her different selves and you know they have that moment where anakin's there at the battle of mandalore and and, you know, she's like, yeah, oh, this is the Battle of Mandalore. And, you know, he's like, well, you must, you did a really good job and like this and that. Right. And, uh, and then when he kind of like gives that ultimatum again, where he's like, I, 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 I said live or die and like, like pulls out his red lets. I was mm-hmm. like, that's su- that's almost like too cool for like what's going on right now. Like, it's almost like, this is like everything I want, but everything I know that shouldn't happen. 
Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like I get what you're saying. Well, that's your. I feel like that's your like child, your kid yeah. side fighting with like, your adult side. This is the story side, right? in my yeah. head like when cool. I'm like playing with action figures Absolutely. and like, yeah. Lego Absolutely. and stuff. Right? Yeah. And I almost almost couldn't accept it just because it was like fan fiction that crazy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I wanted to bring up earlier, but I forgot with that scene specifically. I think they canonized Force Ghosts can look like whatever they want. Because Sith can't be Force Ghosts. That's under the, pers- the perspective, that, though, that, that this, this happened physically. Yeah. Right? Like, that's kind well, of why let's, I've been let's asking say, everybody. Let's, from this perspective, let's say that that happened. Yeah. That means Anakin, or like, he chose to look like young Anakin in the original trilogy. And Obi-Wan chose to look like old Obi-Wan. Because that was always a huge issue with people. Why mm-hmm. does Anakin get to be 18 when Obi-Wan has to be this old man? Yeah. So now were because the excuse then was that's the last time he was a jedi so you're always remembered as your last jedi form but now if this is the canon they can kind of just choose to look like whatever they want i think you're right because in the clone wars there was that one piece of dialogue that qui-gon had when he was talking to yoda when he showed up as like a bunch of glowing spots in space you know Mm -hmm. and he was like floating around in those glimmers and and he's he addresses that he's his training's not complete that he's not able to fully Manifest. Per, manifest his yeah. image, right, to, to Yoda or whatever. So whether that's like whether he was talking about Yoda's training or with I, I think he was talking about his own training with Qui Gon, his own Qui Gon's training, right? It's like I don't I don't think he was able to manifest himself in that moment, right? And I think like maybe that applies to everybody. It's like mm-hmm. okay, like you can yeah, like maybe you're right. Like they per, they can perceive themselves in a certain way to certain people. Yeah, I think once they've reached that level. That was the other thing that yeah. people always got annoyed at was Obi-Wan had to work his way up to being physical. Previous to that, you can only speak to Luke verbally, right? Use the yeah. Force Luke. Same with Qui-Gon, who explained it. Yoda doesn't show up for it till the, the end, and Anakin is then physical form, like, boom! <laughs> he's just yeah. there. Chosen he one. dies and he's there. Chosen one. Well, like, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe the other way to go about this is that they you want to show up as, like, the best version Mm-hmm. Yeah, of of yourself. So like the best version of Obi Wan, you know, Ben Kenobi, the best version of Anakin. See, that's what I thought it was until if this is the case, Anakin chooses to look like Darth Vader. Yeah, but I, I see. That's why I'm a big believer that this happened on her head. Yeah, and that it okay. didn't happen physically. I don't think that was actually Anakin. I think that was, you know, something going on with Ahsoka. Yeah, um, I think sort so of, like, too. Force manifestation. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, think that so was. Too. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't actually in the world between worlds. Then. No, and that, that's why that's why going back to that episode, I think I may have mentioned it, but that's why I think that that whole thing mm-hmm. was just all in her head because she's. But how do you explain? She's Tara's been there, before. kid. She's been. Well, okay, so like I think that he sensed it in the forest. Like you know how you know how when Luke holds his hand over Ben's like head in the, the hut and he's like sensing these things, <laughs> and you can hear it on the dialogue, right? Like you can hear it like, <sighs> like you know, like all this stuff. Good thing right? he didn't have a naughty dream. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> well, like what I'm trying to get at is like I think he picked up on like her, almost like her for her brain waves, right? Like like mm-hmm. kind of like what someone might hear. If you were to very like closely listen, or if you were to like pull the whole Jedi mind trick and like read mm-hmm. someone's mind, like maybe that's what might come through, and like maybe she was unconscious in that water the whole time, and I think all of that stuff was just in her head. She's been there before, so it's a place that she's 
she's uh, encountered after seeing Anakin for the last time, which was at the end of season two on Malachor, and Ezra rips her into the world between worlds just after Anakin slash Vader. But to her, it's Anakin mm-hmm. is able is almost able to take her head off, right? And then he he gets she gets saved and gets pulled into this place. And so I think like her perception of seeing this person again is kind of built around that environment. And so like when he kind of kicks her into that like wormhole thing and she's like wakes up and now she's in the Clone Wars and stuff like that, that's it seems very, very dream sequency to me, right? Like it doesn't feel like that's physically happening to her at all. I don't think there's some crazy time hole where she's gone back into the past and like physically like relived those moments again. No, I don't think I, I definitely that, think it's vision, but whether that vision took place in the world between worlds, I guess is my question. I think it's okay not to understand some of this stuff because I think the forest is mysterious, right? Like it's, I don't think in the universe, I don't think, um, I don't think, uh, Oh, sorry. What's is his name? Jason. Jacob? Yeah, Jason. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he, you know, really knows, what he's hearing or right. how he's hearing it or what's going on. I don't think Ahsoka really knows probably where she was or what she was talking to. I don't think, I don't think she knew it was Anakin or what she, you know, could have been a, yeah. could have been anything. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's okay as, as the person watching the show to also be like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah. It's tough to like, mm-hmm. maybe no. we, we all strive to, you know, know as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's fun to right? speculate and kind of figure everything out, yeah. too. So. I'm glad that at the end of the show, they did put Anakin in there. Like, yeah. as a traditionally Absolutely. perceived force ghost, mm. right? Like, that was something that I really got on board with. I was like, that it was, was cool. lovely. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Um, well, that seems to be it. Uh, do you guys have any other maybe notes to bring up or... I don't know. What do you guys... Uh, do you guys... Do you guys only like speculations? Like, what... Uh, what do I have? What happens next? Yeah. What do you think it goes from here? Like, what do you, what are your, uh, what do you kind of want from another season or like, what are your aspirations? You know, um, I'm curious what Sabine's going to strive for now. If she's a Jedi, mm-hmm. does she have to pick which direction to go for? Yeah. Will they ever leave though? It's like, well, if right, there is a season first. two, if there is a season two, will it just ignore the events in the greater galaxy and focus on Ahsoka and those characters like Shin with the, we didn't talk about Shin, but Shin with like the, the she Raiders. Got, she got screwed over the most. Yeah. I love, <laughs> I absolutely love her storyline though. To see like a Sith apprentice that is going through the same things kind of a Jedi would go through, right? Yeah. yeah. That feeling of, you know, he just sends her in and you can see the fear, you know, that she, that, that we've never seen a Sith being trained or not a Sith, but a dark Jedi, right? Yeah. Of like the actual process of, of a dark Jedi or a Sith having to conquer their fear, Mm -hmm. right? I found that so intriguing and I really like... I'm I'm pretty much more intrigued about what's going to happen on that planet with Mortis, the yeah. you know, like all that mysterious stuff there, than I am actually, you know, than with Thrawn, with the New Republic and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. I think I think that the Thrawn stuff is going to lead into the movie, yeah. and I think yeah. the Ahsoka storyline might continue into season two. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe that's how they're going to do it. Seems great though, right? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I think uh, I think they set up for some really fun stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'm very excited for it too. I'm curious how it's going to go. I do think Shannon got screwed over the most though, because the beginning of the series, she's a Sith apprentice, Dark Jedi, yeah. whatever. And then towards the end, she's just like living with these vagabond bandits. 
for sure. And her masters abandoned her, yeah. just stranded on this planet. I so feel like, like it's her well, story of, of like her rise to power, growth, mm-hmm. right? It's gonna be cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, she become master of the bandits. Yeah, that is indeed. Fellas, thank you for coming on again. It's been lovely. We'll catch you in the next one. Good time. We'll see you out there. Keep flying. All right. And thank you so much to all our listeners at home. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube with the handle at SWSK Podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you uh, drop a like, drop a comment. And, uh, you know, I love tuning in. Uh, Love people tuning in on that. Uh, Lots of playlists to take a look at on there. Uh, also, make sure you go check out Orbit Key, Al Key, and all the links in the description. Join our Discord is the place to be, and we will catch you in the next episode of Star Wars Escape Pod. Got lots coming at you. May the Force be with you. Yeah,